is Local Racism, Not a Foreign Experience, a podcast brought to you by three Wild Lake Northern students, Abby Zhang, Anya Mason, and Gabrielle Tilly. Local racism's impact can be boiled down to the social and emotional effects of internalized racism on people of color. Both in the past and in the present, this has been an issue in our community. Abby Zhang is going to discuss her own mother's experience in Commerce Township. In the 1970s, my mother moved here from the Philippines with her family. She grew up in Commerce, Michigan, near Long's Farm, and in the 70s and 80s, she often felt isolated from her white peers. One of the most shocking stories she told me was when she was a young girl, and she would rub her skin because she believed it, would, it was dirty. Today, I experienced colorism as a Bangladeshi American. A common beauty standard among South Asians is that having a lighter skin tone is more attractive. However, my white peers strive to have a darker skin color. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. In some instances, my white peers will come up to me and uh, compare their arms, and which is kind of an odd concept, because I feel as though for many women of color, they're expected to be uh, lighter in their cultures, but for white women, the standard is to be tan. So it's just odd that they want to have the features that women of color have, but not the struggle. Sometimes I look at my white friends, and it hits me that they have walked through life without ever feeling insecure of how they look, specifically because of their race. Yes, white people can be insecure about how they look, but they are not insecure of how they look because of their race. They haven't heard kids sing songs about having monolith eyes since they were in kindergarten, and then looked at their mother and saw the very thing they were making fun of. Hearing these remarks since elementary school can make a large difference in the perception of yourself, especially throughout your developmental stages, such as middle school and high school. Feelings of self-loathing can follow people of color well into adulthood. I myself didn't start to see my Asian heritage as beautiful until just a few years ago. While white people strive to be tan, pop culture reinforces internalized racism by glorifying whiteness, creating the concept of white-passing people of color, separating them from their own race, and adopting them into white culture. When white women try to adopt the traits that are innate to people of color, it is insulting to women who are called ugly for having them, or were in the past, while white women are considered beautiful for having those traits. On a local scale, racism comes from family, like Anya just mentioned, but it can also come from ignorant friends and people you know, rather than strangers. Many of the racist incidents we see now are come in the form of a microaggression. A microaggression is a statement, action, or incident regarded as an instance of an indirect or subtle discrimination against members of a marginalized group, such as a racial or ethnic minority. For example, friends of mine would make callous eating dog jokes about Asian cuisine at lunch. Many of the previously mentioned microaggressions come from my friends or people I am close to. Because we are friends, they feel like they can make racist jokes. It is strange that so many people feel emboldened to make these comments. Even worse, it is weird to think that they are not aware of the effects of these comments. They see these microaggressions as jokes, and if I speak up about something, they look at me like I'm crazy and too sensitive. So many of my white peers have grown up hearing these comments from their families and friends. They think it's okay when in reality these jokes feed into dangerous attitudes about people of color and contribute to discrimination and racist stereotypes. Local racism creates barriers in communities, separating young men and women of color from their peers, especially in a majority white community like ours. Well, Lake Northern is very accepting of diversity, but the student body is a reflection of the community and American opinions on people of color which means that there's a wide variety of responses to unfamiliar cultures. I feel myself grow closer to my friends who are people of color because they are much less likely to make offhand jokes and comments. In my experience, I feel closer to my Bangladeshi friends because I can relate to them much more than my white peers. For example, both of, my, both of our parents speak a foreign language and aren't the best at speaking English. 
When my white peers make fun of different aspects of my ethnicity, I feel a disconnect between them and myself because I start to believe that they were normal and I was different. Sometimes when my white friends tell me I smell like ethnic food, I started to think of how American food is normal and how my ethnic food is weird and I shouldn't be eating it. When white people continue these racist tropes, they isolate people of color and make them feel badly about themselves, their families, and their origins. Why do people think that clubs exist for people of racial minorities, ethnicities, and religions? It is so that people can be surrounded by others of the same background who share the same experiences. Just a few weeks ago, me and my friends were talking about where we wanted to go to college. We were talking about a school that was harder to get into, and my friend said, Well, I probably won't get in there because I am white, but you might have a chance, Abby. It made me feel so annoyed because I have put in hard work for many of my classes and put in great amount of effort for my sports and activities. It was insensitive and disrespectful to me, and I know that if I get into a college that has a lower acceptance rate, I work for it. My race didn't work for me. My sister Reba graduated from Old Lake Northern in 2019, and now she attends the University of Michigan majoring in neuroscience. To see how microaggressions can have an influential impact on a person before moving to a more diverse area of Ann Arbor, Michigan, Ariba will explain the difference between her experiences with race in high school compared to college. So, in general, how have your perceptions of your race changed from going from high school to college? So, in high school, because of my race, I felt like I didn't fit in because I had like a different culture and I couldn't really express that with anyone else and was more concerned about fitting in with the majority culture. But then when I moved to a university setting, there was a lot more people who had a similar culture to me. So I felt like I could express more of my culture and gain like a better bond with them. A common assumption for all Asians is that we're smarter than other races. So what was the difference between academic assumptions between high school and college that you experienced? When I was in high school, I took more advanced classes than my peers. Um, but I put in a lot of effort and hard work into my academics. However, my peers assumed I was naturally smart because of my race and not because of my hard work. Compared to a university setting... There were all levels of people in their academic achievements. I wasn't pointed out like how I was before for my race. Thank you. And we'll continue on with the rest of our podcast. Local racism expands from microaggressions to legitimate racism due to the fact that it becomes ingrained behavior. When I was young, I limited my food range to American food because I thought that was normal because my white peers made comments about my ethnic food. But as I grew up, I recognized the beauty of my ethnic food because I started to realize that there was no such thing as normal. Also, when I wear traditional clothing, sometimes my white peers would make comments about how odd it looks. Even though I continue to wear my traditional clothing without contempt, these comments of my white peers have always made me feel isolated because I was different from my community. Again, both of these aspects of my culture are just examples of how my white peers made comments about what they perceived as normal and how I'm perceived as different. Racism isn't just existent in some faraway fantasy land. Many white people don't even see the racism that they are feeding into or that happens right next to them. But for people of color, 
we are not able to ignore or get away from it. These instances are degrading in our day-to-day life and can lead to long-term effects such as internalized racism, racial insecurity, and feelings of isolation in predominantly white spaces. I feel as though it used to be harder to call out my friend's racist actions. I didn't want to be seen as unstable or aggressive. However, I realized I need to stop walking on eggshells around my white peers. They do not do the same for me, and their jokes and comments are nothing short of unstable or aggressive. Racism in our community can only be fought by people of color to a degree. At some point, white members of the community must take a firm anti-racism stand because racist members of the community, intentionally or not, will not listen to or understand people of color. That concludes local racism, not a foreign experience. Thank you for listening.